Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City. And I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. My guest on Keep Them Coming today is a queer artist, designer, uh, I would call him, I think I called him on the episode, a community-minded person. I'm talking about my friend Jared Horman. I met Jared a couple years back, pre-pandemic. I admire his artwork. I got to see him do a mural live at the Queer Narratives Festival. And then one day, Jared tagged me in a post that was some naughty, naughty asparagus and said that he was inspired by my Kinktober posts. And I thought, well, now I'm going to have to get a print of the asparagus on a leash (laughs) for my office. Jared's art series called Rotten Foods is a, it's hilarious. It's beautiful too. It's a, I feel like something really, really unique. I'm definitely going to be ordering some merch. I've got my eye on one thing in particular for my office, in addition to the piece of art, but he talked about some of the inspiration for doing Rotten Foods. We did talk about No Divide and their Queer Narratives Festival. Jared is a muralist. You have probably seen their work if you're from Kansas City or have driven around here. So Jared shared some of the inspirations behind those murals. He does beautiful work. I threw it out there and I think now we're gonna try to put our heads together with some other folks in the community to do uh, a piece of public art for another organization that I love, the Old Pro Project. You can find Jared's artwork and links to their their Shopify shop and then Society6 through his Instagram. Look in the show notes. It's at Jared Horman. I've got a workshop coming up. It's a multi-week virtual workshop starting January 25th, Better Sex, a six-week course to awaken the better lover in you. The better lover in you is subjective. I'm not trying to make any you know, cookie cutter people out there. I am simply trying to help be a facilitator, a catalyst, if you will, to helping you have better sex, however you may define that. If you are a listener of Keep Them Coming, I am offering you a special discount. You can use KTC5 to get a discount on that six-week workshop. I know 5% might not sound like much, but this is a $595 course because you're getting six weeks and it's an hour and a half every Tuesday for six weeks so there will be some guest speakers I've got to be able to pay them as well got to pay everybody living wages remember there's no true sexual liberation unless we have social racial and economic justice so I got to pay those guest speakers a fair wage for them to come and also impart their knowledge So you can check the show notes to find the Eventbrite link or go to my Instagram, my TikTok, my Twitter, click the link in my bio and you will find a link to my uh, Eventbrite and uh, that link is going to say better sex. Okay, on with the show. My friend Jared Horman is joining today on this episode of Keep Them Coming. 
Jared is an artist, designer, and community-minded individual. I've seen him at several things around town, including the Queer Narratives Festival. Jared also did a beautiful mural on the south wall of the Casey Care Clinic and is the commissioner of Stonewall Sports. So Jared, welcome to the show. Hi, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Pretty excited to be here. Glad to have you. I'm glad to have you. Seriously, I um, have really, really enjoyed your series that you, well, you've been posting it recently on Instagram, but you did like a whole thing called Rotten Foods. And it's like dirty vegetables and fruit, like naughty vegetables and fruits. So I especially love it. So tell me more about, about you, your work. Um, like how long have you been in Kansas city? Let me ask you that first. Yeah. Um, so I moved to Kansas city in 2016. Um, uh, I'm originally from Missouri, but I right out of college moved to Charlotte, North Carolina for a couple of years. Um, Mm -hmm. and just was, uh, was missing being back in the Midwest. And so, uh, when a job opportunity popped up on my radar, I took it and have thoroughly enjoyed being back. Wonderful. Wonderful. What small town did you grow up in, in Missouri? Um, so I, small town, uh, I grew up in St. Joe. Um, oh, okay. so it's, well, yeah, that's not super small, but it's not super small. Um, I was there till I was about 16. Um, and then, uh, uh, I moved to Lake of the Ozarks, Camdenton for high school. And that was where I, was where I was at for my last two years, which was a much smaller town, but I actually moved to a much bigger high school. So it's a very interesting shift. Yeah. Camdenton is, uh, I just remember them from marching band, actually. <laughs> uh, marching band. So I was a drum major at Camden and Mark. I was a drum major too. Really? Yes. Yeah. My boyfriend's a musician, M. Kusa, but I actually, when we're playing together, I play the drums because I keep way better time than he does. (laughs) That's incredible. Um, What did you march? Um, So, well, I played clarinet through like symphonic band. And then, yeah, my first two years, I, I did the clarinet today and ended up switching to alto clarinet for symphonic being my last two years. So, um, but yeah, we were like a John Philip Sousa style marching band. We like the old military marches. So uh, I love it. I Camdenton was my first marching experience. Um, so I was just there the last two years and like they, they taught me that marching band is like, you can be doing some pretty wild things with your instruments. Yes. A lot of rolling around on the ground, a lot of like crazy poses. <laughs> we were not that creative <laughs> at Belton High School. Not nearly. We <sighs> our our whole thing was we got to go to the um Fourth of July parade in DC when like I was a freshman. But That's cool. there's not a lot of flair to marching. You gotta, you know, march in a straight line and have your diagonals and shit, but not yeah. a lot of flair to that. Anyway, wow, small world running another drum major. Uh-huh. <laughs> So did you, did you major in art? Like, did you, was your intent to grow up to be an artist or did it just sort of happen? Cause you couldn't stop um, drawing. That's, that's a great question. So the answer I usually give is that, uh, my parents have this document that they like showed me back, like after I graduated college from kindergarten, um, that was like this clearly in my father's handwriting, they like asked me these questions about like, what my favorite food is, uh, macaroni and cheese. It's still macaroni and cheese. What my favorite (laughs) color is black, still black. Um, and like what I wanted to be when I grew up and I like said artist or art teacher. Um, and so I think that kind of summarizes that like, there's always been 
a strong desire to be some sort of creative um, with me forever. Um, I ended up studying graphic design in college um, mm -hmm. at Missouri State in Springfield and uh, just really fell in love with like the way that I could use art to communicate ideas and concepts and work with people um, in that sort of way. Oh, that's a really cute story. <laughs> Your parents kept that little thing and that, yes, you have continued on that trajectory ever since you had that little dream as a little kindergartner. That's cute. I never thought I was going to be a sex coach. Can't you didn't that. think that no. in kindergarten? No, I thought it was, I don't know what I thought it was going to be in kindergarten. I knew like kind of by high school, I probably wanted to be a therapist. So I'm close enough, close enough to that. <laughs> Uh, so I am curious how, especially about the mural, you've done a couple of murals in town, right? Did you do, did you do the Gales one? I did do the Gales That's one. That's what I thought. Um, That's what I thought. Yeah. Yes. So I did Gales. Gales. Is cool. I like that one. Thank you. Um, that was, that was a really fun project. And like, uh, Derek Bachman, the owner of Gales came to me and he's like, I like the mural you did for Casey care. I'd like you to do something, um, something for us, like I want it to be sports themed, but also at that time there was all, there was, that was the beginning of the burst of like anti-trans legislation happening across the country. And so we were talking about like, how can we include something that like talks about that, particularly all of the like sports anti-trans legislation and yeah. opening a um, queer friendly sports bar, like how could we not talk about it? I really do like Gales and the concept of a queer friendly sports bar is definitely appealing. Um, there's definitely folks in this town that clamor about how there's not enough queer spaces. There's not enough places for uh, a wide variety of queer people to gather at once. Like I love Missy B's, but it's got a demographic, you know, I like a couple of Woody's got a demographic most nights. So um, I think that Gales is a really cool space and I do love that they took the opportunity on that self-facing wall of their business to put up a very clear message about how we feel about inclusivity in sports, especially for trans kids, because it's so, so, so essential that we support trans kids on their journeys. Absolutely. And I also like agree that there's... I there's like rumors of more spaces opening in Kansas city that are intended to be inclusive of a broader spectrum of our queer identity. And it makes me very excited. Yeah, absolutely. So backing up for a second about the okay. mural that you did on Casey care clinic wall, the, the mural is absolutely beautiful and it is huge. Um, but it, it is not just a, a, a visual piece. It actually has a statement and it says, who should I look to be when AIDS took a generation of leaders and artists, mentors and thinkers and lovers from me. Don't let stigma keep you from another generation. Stigma equals hate. And it was for World AIDS Day 2020. Tell me, tell me more about how you chose putting up something that was more of a, a direct message for people to read rather than trying to make it about a visual piece. Yeah. Um... Well, first I would say that uh, the when they did that call um, was uh, around a time that I was thinking a lot about my work with Stonewall, which we'll get into a little bit later and how like as, as a queer sort of leader or someone that aspires to be a queer leader in our community, like there isn't a lot of people for me to look up to. And I was 
thinking about like, why is that? And it really hit me that it's because a lot of them aren't with us anymore. Um, and, and so I really wanted to, I wanted to like, think about that. And I wanted to make everyone else like also remember that like, Hey, this is the reason sometimes we have some of the struggles we have in our queer community is because we don't have leaders and mentors that are like helping guide us and show us the path of like how this has been done before or how this could be done or how this, how we can improve on the path that they've set for us already. Um, and so that that's really where that like message and that idea came from. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. When I drove by the first time and read it, like I had to slow down for a second. Probably should have just driven around the block <laughs> and reread it. But uh, then I saw, I think that day on your Instagram, you posted a picture of it. Um, it did definitely make me stop and think for a minute about the impact of the AIDS epidemic and just the, um, the minds that we lost, you know, the expertise and the wisdom that is gone forever simply because those people never got to grow up or they you know, left too soon. So yeah, I'm appreciative it, that you did that. I, I think it's it's a thing that when we think about it in our community, like does start to weigh heavy because it it has impacts that are still affecting us today, even as even as we have medications and treatments and it's no longer the like health sentence that it once was. Um, just the impact, the impact of the people that we lost, like is something that we're going to be feeling for generations. Yeah, absolutely. Have people reached out to you just you know, sent you messages or like what, what has some of the feedback been from some of the queer community? Um, it, I mean, it's the feedback from the queer community has really made me feel like I, I struck a nerve and I struck a nerve that hits a lot of people in different ways. Um, the way that people of my generation feel about it versus um, like Gen Z feels about it, feels about it versus like older generations. Mm-hmm. Um, it they all feel like it's a very important message. Um, I don't know. It's, there's been a lot of like very heartfelt messages about friends that people have lost and how this like helps keep their memory alive. That's important. Um, and then a lot of my generation younger really connects with the stigma section at the bottom. Um, and talking about like, Hey, I, yeah, I, I appreciate that I can point to this message to remind people like as someone that is like when my friends are referencing like being HIV positive that like it it is something that really matters to remind people that like this stigma hurts them and when people are like "Eh, I'm not going to interact with you as a human because of this like it it's pretty pretty crappy um yeah yeah I um I, I I can't say that I know anyone at this time that's I, I'm sure I do, but they probably just haven't disclosed it to me. I mean, that's none of my business. And if they did disclose, like that's you know, fine, we're still gonna hang out, whatever. But um, I guess what I hear of more is is again the the talk about the stigma rather than witnessing the stigma. So how how do how do you go about not just like, you can't just look someone in the eye and say like, oh, don't stigmatize folks. I mean, how, how do we actually educate people who have those stigma? Like, what are we supposed to do in the moment when we are actually witnessing that kind of behavior? Like, how do we get someone to let go of this notion that there's something wrong with hanging out with someone that is HIV positive? 
I mean, I think, I think it is being open about it, talking about it. I think it is, I know lots of like couples that are in relationships where one partner is HIV positive and one isn't. And like the more that like we have visibility about like the fact that that exists and that that state continues to exist is a big part of like what can help continue break down that stigma. But I think it's, it's us talking about it. It's everyone talking about the science and like putting it out there enough that people start to realize like, Hey, this, this has been stated. This is, this is fact, not just like this light perception that exists out there. Mm-hmm. I try to talk about you equals you yeah. quite a lot. Definitely done some TikToks about that to help people understand more about that. So while well, we mentioned Stonewall Sports briefly, um, I have only made it to, out to one kickball game thus far. I, had a, I know I had a blast. It's just, <sighs> I need to get out more. I admit it. That's my thing right now. Um, but I was fortunate enough, I think, to be there for your masterminds presentation about Stonewall scores. And I think it's a really cool idea, but it's it's a queer sports league and it's got a nationwide presence. And you all brought it to Kansas City. Was it 2018 or 19? 2019. 2019. So, well, as the commissioner of Stonewall Sports, tell tell me and the listeners more about what y'all do. Yeah. So um, like you said, we're part of a national organization that was founded in 2010 in DC. Um, We are, as we describe it, an inclusive uh, sports focused community with a philanthropic heart focused on fun. And so we were like the 23rd city and I believe there's 30 now across the country. Um, It's very more like East Coast. I think the farthest West is Salt Lake City. But here in Kansas City, we have really focused on like, how can we make this as like inclusive of the queer community as possible while also creating like fun sports. Um, So we started with kickball in the fall of 2019. And we had 200 players then. Mm, Um, And then we did quite a great showing for your first league. We were, I think we were like, if we can get 150 this first season, we will be pleased. And we blew that out of the water and we were, we were ecstatic. Lots of kinks that we had to work through and figure out to get it right. And I would say we are definitely still navigating all of that. But um, so we started with kickball and we had a board of about seven people that did that. And we also were about, I think, 10% women and non-binary players that first season. Um, And so that was a thing that like the the communities that like came to us first. Um, and so we worked really hard to like expand that number. We then had dodgeball in 2020, which got canceled early because of uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we took a year off and this past summer was our first return and had our second season of kickball and we had 400 players. Oh gosh, congrats. Yes. Uh, which was, uh, wild to see all of that registration happen and see all these new teams and all the like buzz that's happened and also the growth within our numbers. So like we went from like 10% to 30% women, which means mostly our growth was for like queer women from 200 to 400 players. Okay. So admittedly, I want to play kickball, but I don't want to start my own team. I just, I just want to be on someone else's team. So how, is there a way to just sign up as an individual and you get placed on the team? 
100%. So we have uh, a very robust free agent registration process where uh, we have a free agent social in the middle of registration being open that all of our captains that are looking for players come to and free agents come there and meet captains and get selected on teams. If you're not able to make that, then we just put you on a team that's looking for players. Okay. Okay. All right. So when is the new season going to start in 2022? Um, So we just announced we had our town hall last Tuesday and we announced all of our seasons and stuff for next year. And March 20th will be our first game for Stonewall kickball this spring, um, which means registration will be in February. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to have to mark my calendar. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And I'll make sure to get signed up this year. I, all right, so I'm approaching 41. I need to be more active. I've been really inactive over the last two years. I mean, sex does not count as daily exercise as much as I want to pretend like it does. I feel like I feel like it kind of does. I mean, it, on- it is okay. It's yes. Mm, I'm not saying I'm a pillow princess. I'm just saying that he okay. does a lot more work than I do. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> So I need, I know that I need to get out there. Like, yeah, I've got a guy that loves me and wants me to, you know, keep on kicking. So I need to get my heart active again. Um, well, Stonewall Sports is an, is an excellent way to do that. Um, uh, we also are launching two new sports this year. So oh. if kickball is not exactly your jam, we're going to have pickleball this summer as well as volleyball. Hmm. Okay. So I've only played pickleball once, but I was a tennis player in high school. Okay. So So. like, here's, here's my pitch about pickleball to most people. It is America's fastest growing sport. Mm -hmm. It is popping up everywhere. And in the realm of like sports that you may not know how to play, I feel like it's a very accessible sport. Mm -hmm. Um, my roommate doesn't, hasn't necessarily ever been an athlete or considered himself much of an athlete. And like during the pandemic, we lived not far from a tennis court and we like started playing every day and he got good within like two weeks. I feel like it's just, it's just ping pong basically with a slightly bigger ball and paddle. That's it. Yes. You don't do a lot of moving. (laughs) It's much more ping pong than it is tennis. Yes. Yes. I'm great at both. I usually, I, I destroy people at ping pong. So I, I feel like I could get good at pickleball. You, you probably are going to be pretty good at pickleball if you're good at tennis. Hmm. Okay. Well, here I come. So all sports. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. <sighs> well, uh, let's take a quick break. And when we pick back up, I, I do want to talk about an event that I saw you at this last year, which was No Divides queer narratives festival and and again circle back and talk a little bit more about the thing you've been working on most lately seems like it's rotten food so i want to talk about that a little bit more in depth sounds good it's time for a quick break i promise it'll just be a minute so stay tuned i'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid All right, back from the break. So this summer, I got the chance to, uh, I was doing all the Instagram lives and all the stories. I did a story takeover. That's what it's called, story takeover for the pitch. And I got to do it at the Queer Narratives Festival, of which you were a part of. And you you were doing like a live mural, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, got to do two things with the Queer Narratives Festival for No Divide. The first one, I actually did a mural workshop 
Mm. Um, uh, one of the evenings where I talked a little bit about lessons I've learned from Yearling and then had these big panels that all the attendees got to like actually practice painting the way I make a mural. And then at the, the festival portion, uh, while there was music and performances and comedy and all the incredible stuff that they had, I was just live painting in the background and uh, invited anyone that was there to also contribute. Um, I was just doing a colorful version of the No Divide logo and got some, some really fun additions to a panel. Very cool. Very cool. So how did... What was the selection process like for No Divide uh, for the Queer Narratives Festival? Did you have to submit art and get selected for that? Uh, yes. So they we put together a proposal um, and they have a visual artist component. They have a performance artist component. And then they also invite any of the artists selected to participate in those to put together any sort of workshop that they would like to do as an opportunity as well. Very cool. I think that was their second annual festival. So I think I thought I had a really nice time. I thought it was a really nice cross section of different kinds of art and different artists with different backgrounds, different voices. Uh, 100%. I think uh, I, the, the scope of humans that I got to meet as a part of that was really, really fascinating. And like, I, I made new friends and I like people that I'm now collaborating with on art and stuff are people that I made and met through my workshop and through that. And so it's, Notify's a really cool organization. I, yes, I agree. I got to do like a, a Q and A night with them one night on Instagram. Um, gosh, that was last like February or March, something like that. Okay. Um, just kind of like, talking about sex and talking about removing shame and stigma and things like that. And I've followed them ever since. And I really like the work that they're, they're doing. Um, in fact, there actually is something that I think that maybe you and, and them. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't know how you feel about sex work, but my thing is sex work is work. And there is an organization that's based on the East coast called the old pros project. They are doing art installations throughout the country in early summer, I believe it's uh, early June. And it's all about trying to bring voices from the community out into the open to talk about supporting sex work and decriminalizing sex work. And, you know, there's a lot of queer folks who, who practice sex work, especially a lot of trans folks. So I'm trying to get a group put together that can put together a big public art project. Um, that 100% sounds like it's up my alley. Um, my, uh, so my roommate actually did a lot of work with the uh, Moho Justice stuff that they were doing last year. Um, and I need to meet your roommate of, then. Yes. Um, and uh, actually helped build their like social media brand. And uh, I, to be fair, like I hadn't really thought about sex work a lot before that. Um, and hearing everything that he was talking about and collaborating with with the people running that um, made me realize that like the fact that it's not established as work and that it's not protected and the way sex workers are treated and the fact that so many of them are queer people um, made me like have a much stronger like passion about like talking about sex work being work in any way that I can support it. Um, absolutely. Mm, yes. Well, let's hmm, maybe we need to uh, put together a little group and have coffee in January and talk about how we all get together and design something and find sponsors so that we can, you know, make some Fun money. Out, like, yeah, get some money for like 
your time, your work, and for the organization, for the message, all the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I all right. We'll definitely think that. we should keep talking about that. For sure. For sure. For sure. Like one of the coolest things that I think that uh, I need to get my own copy, by the way. Uh, one of the coolest things I think that you've got right now going is you're doing your rotten foods as a coloring book. <laughs> but so tell me the, the rotten foods. So how, how did you come up with the idea of doing some like naughty? Because explain what, what you've got on some of your illustrations with your naughty fruits and veggies. Yeah, yeah. So um, my rotten foods uh, essentially are different. Um, I, with this one, I stuck with like things that grow from a plant. So fruits, vegetables, beans, whatever. Um, and essentially, I just add arms and legs to them. And just those additions really add a level of provocativeness and like some like fun eroticism. To, I know like, I say foods. a strawberry looks provocative, but for sure, your strawberry looks provocative. <laughs> Right. And like some foods, like, like there's already jokes about like how they kind of have like these curves and like you you can see it. But um, honestly, the, the two that like ended up being some of the most provocative were like my garlic um, (laughs) and my kiwi have like a lot of sexual energy that you wouldn't necessarily think of either of those being so provocative, but uh, it was funny. Like I'll, I'll describe the garlic for your listeners. Also like since drawing that at any event I've been at, that's the piece that people want to talk about. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, yes, I, yes. I'm actually looking at the garlic right now and I'm laughing so hard because I understand why. Because I, I was looking at a piece of garlic and most of my drawings were drawn from references of like actual food. And like I had it on its back and I realized that like the the hair, the like it ends up looking like hair, but the root system was mm-hmm. just very dark um, and kind of looked like it could have been a front hole. And so I just gave legs coming out of the um, the garlic around it. And it looks like it's just spread wide for the viewer. Yep. Yep. It sure does. It sure does. I like the dragon fruit. It's like yes. it's, it's like it's got a split down its rind and it's like opening it like it's flashing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I I I realized through this process, like so the the one that like I was thinking of from the beginning ended up being one of the last ones that I drew, which is the corn. I was like, oh, like with corn, you've got this like silk that could definitely be like body hair mm-hmm. um and like it looks like tubes and it's like pulled down its husk and it's like posing for you very very like candidly and already it's phallic with being the corn shape so that was my like okay i can do this and then for some reason that was like one of the last ones that i drew even though that was like my first idea <laughs> that's funny i like the pineapple one too that very much is like someone's on their knees like head behind kind of up above their back and they're grabbing their crotch but it's a pineapple grabbing its crotch um yeah so i i'll I'll take it back for a second um i i did a mural for succotash in 2020 during pride month that like came to me as like the celebration of like the the fresh food that they like to make and like the queer joy that I was missing um there was this like rainbow orgy of fruit all like kissing and making out and dancing together and I got a lot of feedback from people that like that felt different from things that I'd made but also like hit this really universal nerve Mm. um Mm -hmm. and I basically decided to revisit that for the month of October when I was doing a daily drawing series 
fun. I did appreciate, especially on the 25th of October, if folks want to go back to your Instagram and look at this, but especially the title for the asparagus, it's two asparagus. Uh, you're in for a good time. And as in urine, because of the effects that, you know, asparagus can often have on your urine. But uh, you said inspired by my Kinktober series. So uh, can you tell us what the asparagus are doing? Um, yeah, so there's one asparagus that's like laying down and has a leash. Um, and the other asparagus is like, it, it's sort of like a pup play dom sub situation going on between the two asparaguses, which also plays well into like the kink of water sports. I, mm -hmm. there, and then like the impact of asparagus on that already, the whole thing just made itself. And like, it, it wasn't like it really like happened. There wasn't like a thought about this being like kinky asparagus. I just drew one asparagus and then was like, oh, there should be one over it. Oh, he should clearly be on a leash. Like that's clearly <laughs> the dynamic that is forming between these two. And then I was like, oh, there's, there's so much like kinkiness and like levels to what has just happened. Um, but it, that the title just like had to be. I love it. I want, I actually would like a print to hang in my office for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Probably get a couple of them. Actually, there's a few in here that I really, really enjoy. So you, you do have a Shopify and I saw that you, you, I can get like the rotten foods, like a side table. So I've thought about yes. getting that for my office. Cause that would be a really fun conversation starter. I would, I would love that. Yes. So I, <laughs> I have, um, I have a Shopify with like my prints and my coloring book. Um, and then I also have a like colorful pattern of all of them that I made on society six, mm -hmm. um, which is where people can get any of the like on-demand things, which there's like a, what do you call it? A tote, um, like a shopping tote on there that mm -hmm. uh, quite a few friends have gotten and they get a lot of like engagement with uh, cashiers and other people at the grocery store around like what is happening on this bag. I think it's excellent. Oh, I bet. I bet. Now that uh, I have taken a look at a lot of the different things that you've got available and thought about like, I, I do like walking into a room or into a place and, and having a piece of people go like, oh, what? what is that? I mean, I sometimes wear a got condoms button to networking events. So, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of some of those conversation starters. Uh, but yeah, the tote, I definitely was like, yeah, that would be a lot of fun at the grocery store. And like at first glance, it's just a bunch of like fruits and vegetables. And then as you dive deeper, like you realize like there's, it's, there's it's something going something on with fun. that peach. That, that peach is very peachy. Uh, I like, I really, I like the uniqueness of what you were going for here. Uh, again, as far as just, yes, you're right. There is, an, I think, an inherent sensuality to food and sort of giving, oh gosh, is this a kohlrabi? It is a kohlrabi. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the splits and like looking like they uh, are on stage, maybe. Oh, I appreciate people that have a good sense of humor, uh, especially a good sense of humor about sex. Well, so. and that's, that's absolutely like my perspective is like sex should be fun. And like, if you can't, weird stuff is always going to happen during sex. And if you all don't like enjoy that moment and lean into it and just let it be a part of it, like you're not going to have that much good sex. Oh, bingo. There are so many people in this world that are just not having good sex and they tell on themselves really, really easily. 
Yes. <laughs> that's a good uh, way to put it. Yeah. That's when a they polite talk way to put it. it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is a polite way to put it. Yeah. It uh, does kill me when I see on Twitter, people who are like, I've been with dozens of women and none of them have ever orgasm. Oh, honey boo. They're just huh. not coming with you. Sorry. Right. Right. They, they, they have orgasms. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I am curious. Are you currently dating Jared? Um, I am not currently dating. Um, uh, I have been in a, like, uh, how do you describe it? Um, I've had a buddy for over a year. That's mm -hmm. been like, uh, the, the best sex that I've ever had. Um, and like, he's in a committed like relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I'm good friends with his partner. Um, and so that's, that is like the relationship that I've been in for a year. Um, but we're not dating. We're just, we're just good friends and have really, really good sex. I love that. I, hmm, I have done a lot of talking on this show about open relationships and polyamory, consensual non-monogamy. You know, there's a lot of different ways that people can fit into that sort of lifestyle, whether it's they're the ones in the relationship and have opened it up or you're the person participating in, you know, in some way, shape or form being someone that comes in to the relationship. Did you ever see yourself just sort of being the on the peripheral and having like a friends with benefits that was consistent? Like, are you looking for not monogamy? Like, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, all great questions. Uh, I think after my like last like serious, serious relationship and like that not going great, I've realized that like I am not super interested in monogamy um, in general. I don't think I ever thought that I would kind of be an auxiliary to like a committed couple. Um, but I am definitely like very into it and like enjoy the like the level of expectation that is on me and the level of expectation that isn't on me um, allows me to like feel much more comfortable and trusting in everything that's going on than I think I have in any sort of like monogamous relationship that I've been in. Mm -hmm. It's like what, what you have going on is what we want to then one day bring into our relationship somehow. Not, not that either one of us necessarily wants to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or anything like that. It's just that we sometimes just want to have a regular person to have sex with on the side. And the only thing that's stopped us is, you know, what are we in like COVID 4.0 <laughs> season yeah. three of COVID <laughs> recently. Right. So yeah. How, how are you like, how does, how do you gauge like vetting people in the middle of this pandemic? I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if it was just a regular person, I, I, I knew a while back that I probably wasn't wired for monogamy after, well, I guess after my second divorce, when I was like, eh, maybe, maybe I'm just not cut out for this whole monogamy thing. And it took me a long time to find someone who was legitimately on board with that as well. But like four, I think it's only four to 5% of the American public is actually practicing some form of consensual non-monogamy. So I think that the numbers are actually quite a bit higher than four or five percent. It's just that people don't talk about it. I I am uh, realizing the older I get and like the older my like friends get that like it is a lot more commonplace and a lot more of us like as we get comfortable with a partner realize like hey if we actually trust each other like this is fine. 
and like we are comfortable with this and like this also like enriches our lives and doesn't add anxiety or stress to it um it's also interesting like i primarily exist in a lot of very queer spaces have a lot have a lot of mm-hmm. very queer friends um but as my like friends that i've viewed as like very straight friends um from like high school and like younger also are starting to like come out as like they're in non-monogamous couples and like they're like married to their middle school sweetheart but like maybe like play around a little bit and like want to come explore like their queerness Mm -hmm. with like my friend group it's like very interesting that's like okay so this is this is much more uh commonplace in all communities even though like I viewed it as a very like queer thing at first Mm -hmm. my hope is that as I feel like there is a a needle shifting when it comes to the way that we talk about sex in America. Uh, I, I'm trying to be a facilitator of that. (laughs) And, and I do, I do, I see a lot more people coming out. It's a, it's a little bit less hush hush, but uh, I think that there's also still a, a certain amount of stigma attached to it. So, well, I think people kind of like, okay, here, here's my thing. And then once they've told one person, they do feel more comfortable telling more people. But I, of course, believe that, you know, we need to live our lives as authentically as we can and as safely as we can. So there's always a balance between those things because there's certainly people who can either lose family or jobs or community by being authentically themselves. And that's up to them to decide how and when they want to deal with all that stuff. But I certainly hope that our society is moving more and more towards simply accepting, openly accepting a wide variety of people and practices. And if we look at that bell curve of human sexuality, very few people are actually on the very, very ends. Most of us are somewhere in the middle. And I think that consensual non-monogamy has been a really great way for people to explore, like say, explore their queerness uh, and explore relationship styles that they're would make their grandma blush. <laughs> and, and I appreciate that you're adding to that narrative because I, 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 I believe that that's a conversation we should be having. And like, it, it's the, the world that I'm living in and I'm, I'm a much happier human right now than I have been in any other, like in any committed relationship that I've ever been in. So that I'm happy for you then that's wonderful that's wonderful so we are here almost at the end of 2021 it doesn't feel like it's the end of 2021 but what what is the next year gonna hold for you got any big projects coming up or what's what's your focus in 2022 uh that's a great question and one that I am asking myself uh every day as we come to the end of 2021 um, I mean, there's, there's more murals. Um, there's a couple like definite mural projects and navigating that with, um, that with a few clients. Uh, but also like, I really like enjoy this rotten foods direction. And I've done a lot of like illustration series and collections before. And this is the first one that like, I feel like hits every part of me correctly. And like, is an authentic extension of my like humor and like love of food and love of sexuality and like enjoyment of like curves and shapes and 
I really want to see what more I can do with it. Um, so I think, I think 2022 is going to be a lot of me like seeing how I can spread rotten foods around the world. I love that. Anything I can do to help with that, I am more than happy to do so, including, I, seriously, I think I'm going to, I got to get something for my office yes. related to rotten foods for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Well, Jared, can you tell folks how to best find you and how they can get their own copies of a piece of art from you, whether that's rotten foods or, or other things, but seriously, folks, you need to find like the tote bag, find the tote bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I, my Instagram is just my name at Jared Horman, uh, J A R E D H O R M A N. Um, same thing. My website is jaredhorman.com. There's a shop art tab and click on that and it'll take you to all of my prints, coloring books, um, and anything else that I, uh, am making that you can buy. Um, and that also will take you to the society six. Perfect. And how do people find Stonewall sports in Kansas city? Um, yeah, Stonewall sports. Uh, we are on Instagram and Facebook, um, at Stonewall sports KC. Um, and I would just Google Stonewall sports, Kansas city. Our URL is, uh, kind of long because of the the system that we use to register people it's stonewall sports kansas city at leagueapps.com gotcha well i will hopefully see you on the kickball field in the spring yes please <laughs> but other than that i will look forward to seeing you on the internet so thank you so much jared for joining me today on keep them coming very very much appreciated and i wish you all the best of luck not just in 2022, but beyond. Uh, and thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun to talk about some things that I've really enjoyed making in the last year. And I just really enjoy having conversation with you. Oh, thank you. Right back at you. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the dirty bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.